at the early release for many inmates except those in Arizona. With more than 42,000 inmates, Arizona has the highest incarceration rate in the Western United States and the fifth highest in the nation. As cases of COVID-19 soar in the nation's cramped, overcrowded prisons, guess what? The state is among several facing intense criticism for what civil, civil rights groups, families of prisoners, and corrections officers say is a haphazard response. In Arizona, families of prisoners, advocates, and corrections officers have complained of the state's response. Ah, that's a lot to talk about on this good Friday, don't you think? I think so. I think so. I certainly think so. And how many of us are have stopped referring to the virus as uh as Corona, but now refer to it as COVID-19. Well, it, it, it's it's not fair to the Corona beer to have the same name as a devastating virus. It really isn't. It really isn't. So I'm encouraging all of us to refer to it as <laughs> COVID-19 instead of what it is. But I wanted to talk about this this morning because I feel that uh, we have a problem We that we now recognize that jails and prisons in the United States have not always been up to the best public health standards. And we could see from a mile away that if there's ever a public health disaster, that people in jails and prisons were at risk. The problem is not just the inmates. The problem is the people who work in the prisons as well. There are people who work in the prisons and they have families. Here in Wayne County, Michigan, we had a problem. The Wayne County Jail was overrun and had a problem with COVID-19. And so far, two deputies have died. Did you hear me? Two deputies have died. In fact, I just read a report on DeadlineDetroit.com that the, the, the president of the Wayne County Sheriff's Executive Board, board is recommending that all employees of Wayne County Sheriff's Department be tested. I kid you not. That's how bad the virus has been. I read a story on Deadline Detroit a couple of days ago. I'm searching for it. I don't know if they pulled it or what. But it identifies specific inmates who was released. And here's the bad thing about it. They're releasing inmates and sending them into the community. That means they're sending them home. So they're coming home with a virus, y'all. That's what we call community spread. So they're going to come home with the virus. They're going to infect the people who live at home with them. Those people are going to touch other people, despite social distancing measures. And it is just going to be an exponential crisis. So though we think we might be reaching the apex, especially here in Michigan, uh, officials want us to believe we're reaching the apex. I don't believe that. I think it's a false positive. I think that we need to continue the measures that we have in place until everybody, the whole state is saturated. Because we're going to think that we have calmed down somewhat or reached a, a point at which nobody else can get infected. And then we go out and, and, and start carrying on and stuff and start mingling, going back to work, start mingling. And then people, get, the second wave will be worse than the first wave. 
But when you look at situations in jails and prisons, I want to focus on that for just a few minutes because those conditions have always belied what we hoped they would be. We recognize that people are serving time for violent acts, especially violent crime. We, we should have ensured that people who are serving misdemeanors and petty crimes like marijuana possession and drunk driving, I'm not talking about drunk driving that causes a person's death. That's hard time as far as I'm concerned. Where people use their vehicles to run over people and so on, you need to go serve time for that. I'm talking about they were cited and pulled over for drunk driving, and maybe it's the first or second or third time, and then they end up serving, the judge sent them to jail just to fill up the population of the jail. They have no prior violent record, but they are sent to jail and placed with violent criminals. We need to really look at how we assemble people when they're imprisoned. We need to look at that. We need, because we're in the midst of a pandemic. In, in New York, for instance, they're using prisoners to dig graves. In Arizona, they use prisoners to make masks, but the prisoners not given masks to wear. And each corrections officer, each prison guard was given two masks. Are you kidding me? For an entire day? I wore a mask yesterday when I went out, and I was breathing hard. Did you not? Not only was I breathing hard, but my, my sunglasses fogged up. And I didn't want to wear that anymore. Okay? And I had on a cloth mask because I can't find the N95s or anything. I could never find them anywhere at the beginning of this whole debacle. Do you see what I'm saying? So now what has happened is that the crisis, the coronavirus, the COVID-19 virus, has thrust conditions of our prisons into the national spotlight and into the national conversation. And many of us have had negative interactions with people who end up in jail. That's true. This is not advocating for them. This is about how officials are making sure that those folks don't transmit the virus to the rest of us because this is, a, this is going to be really, really bad. Just a few days ago, there was a report of a man who left Wayne County Jail downtown, was given a bus ticket, and was sent into the community. That is irresponsible. He was sent into the community. He got on a bus from downtown Detroit, ostensibly headed to Taylor Mission. Taylor Mission, if you were to look at the map, is south of Detroit. It's a 30-mile drive. Instead of him going to Taylor, Michigan, he took a 15-mile ride to Southfield, Southfield, Michigan, just right there. He, when he realized he was the wrong bus, he got off the bus and took a cab to Taylor, which is where his home is. That one person is responsible for infecting 1,600 people because according to the CDC, each infected person infects 40 persons, and 40 persons, each of those infect there you have the number. So 40 times 40 is 1,600. So one person is likely to infect a total of 1,600 persons around him. So when you look at the jails, then, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? It's, it's going to be mammoth, right, when you look at what's happening in jails. So he, in Arizona, the governor said, well, it's not a public health priority. And that there are enough measures to, to control that. I, I, I know it sounds, I know people are in jail because they've done some really wicked things. But do you really, can we be a little bit more human? 
at least get them tested. Here in, 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 in Wayne County, Michigan now, they're insisting that everybody who was coming in contact with the jail be tested. And you and I are looking at each other like you didn't think that that was a matter of prevention, that that should happen. The Detroit police chief says that the, he has advised his officers not to engage with the public. That means unless it's something, you know, it's a violent act, they're not just going to pull you over and just run ragged through, which means, uh, God help us all, criminals are probably running around, right? But I suspect that the criminals are just as afraid of catching the virus and probably don't want to go to jail, so they might just keep still for a little bit because they don't want to go to jail. Because if they go to jail, this is going to be really bad, and they probably are not going to come out of jail. Do you see what I mean? Healthy. Because this virus, jails are already, I read a report that sometimes in some jails they have like, uh, typically I think, I used to think at least what I saw in the movies, that I've never been inside of a prison and I don't want to know. Right? I, I really can't handle it. Uh, but I've, I thought, I thought, I read one report where this, the man who was in the, in the jail in Wayne County, right, and who and I told you about, I can't use his name, who was, uh, who was released. There were six people in a jail cell with him. So when he was throwing up and having diarrhea, it was all over everybody else. Apparently, uh, sanitation is not a big deal in jails. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. So, he spread the virus to everybody who was in jail with him. And if those persons have been released into the community, because he probably was in a section where uh, they don't, they're not violent crimes. They're not felons. The Wayne County jail says that they're, they're only releasing folks who are, who have misdemeanors. So people who have small things, you know, uh, small crimes and so on, not murder, rape, assault, people who commit armed robbery and stuff like that. They're keeping those. So they have drastically reduced the population of the jail from down to about just 450 instead of the high number that they carry. And it's also true now that courts are not processing people, so they're not new inmates, new admissions. And all over the country, this is a problem for not just Arizona, but for every state. Because the virus is going to be rabid, and it's going to maintain its rabid sequence throughout the country. My friends, do not get lulled into a false feeling of security. I'm, I'm, I'm begging you not to. Do not go out without being covered. Do not go out. Did you hear me? Did you hear me say that? Don't, go, don't get lulled into, for the next two months, up until July, do not go out without being covered. Do not go out without gloves. Don't touch public spaces without having gloves on. And stop smoking weed and stop vaping. I know most of you are saying, well, weed is a way that I cope. Do not smoke weed. You are going to compromise your lung capacity. If you compromise your lung capacity and the virus happens to be passing you by, you are likely to contract it. If for some reason this virus is, is intent on destroying the human body, it seems to be attracted to our lungs, right? Uh, yesterday after my broadcast was had ended, I, I just wanted to be a person. 
You know what I mean? And I was just to relieve some of the stuff because that you have to have downtime, right? This is why when you look at broadcast news and so on, you notice they banter with one another because some of the topics that you cover is so serious that you you have to be you have to lighten it up a bit and lighten up a bit, right? To cope with it. And I was scrolling through my IG feed and somebody posted something on my IG feed that shows some folks who what the virus actually looks like. I I posted it because I want people to see that this is what it is to take it seriously. This is not something that affects some people and not affect others. I know it's showing up that right now it is in the African-American community, in the black community, that is true, because for decades of systemic racism, blacks have not enjoyed widely health care and good nutrient practices and good jobs to stave off some of the basic stuff of life, right? So it is going to go to the, 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 the people who are most vulnerable first. And then it's going to take an uptick. Then it's going to travel through the rest of the, 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 the society. So right now, everybody is kind of relaxed. That Well, it's only happening to black people. That's a false positive. And that's a false sense of security. Because it is going to do exactly what it is going to do. Right? So when you look at what's happening in jails, Arizona, by any stretch of the imagination, I used to think I wanted to live in Phoenix, maybe, but then there are too many snakes. I can't handle the snake thing. And then it was too hot. You know, I went I went there once, and in, in, it was like May or something, or April. And I was like, what? <laughs> Granted, I was coming from Michigan, but seriously, mm, it's not for me. So I don't think that I'll live in Arizona anytime soon or visit Arizona anytime soon. It's a little too hot for me. But Arizona, by any stretch of the imagination, is a state where people don't seem to like anybody. Because the governor says that he thinks he's doing enough. People who, families of inmates are like, no. When we call or when they call us, they're telling us about the unhealthy conditions that prevail in Arizona's prisons. I mean, you got to look at places like New York State, for instance, where they have some of the most famous jails in the country, Rikers Island and Sing Sing, right? And conditions in those places are bad. And they have a, a pretty good grasp of what it is. But, folks, let's just be clear. When people go to prison, no one cares. Going to prison makes you a forgotten human being. You're treated really badly. I wish... Most people would understand that and stop driving around smoking weed, stop driving around drinking as if you are God and nothing is ever going to happen. I, I, I don't understand that. I, listen, I have children. I tell my daughter, if you want to drink, I tell my children, you want to drink and get drunk, do it in your own home. Do not drink and get in a vehicle with other people who are drinking or get in a vehicle and think you're, you're in control. I don't know what it is with us that, that makes us feel like it's my life and I'm in control of myself. It doesn't matter what color you are or who you are. There's some things that all of us should not do at all. There's some things that just if, if you can, <laughs> avoid it. Try not to go postal. <laughs> and especially now when I read a report recently that says that 31% of Americans did not pay their rent for April. 
And I was like, that's a ticking time bomb that a lot of people are not going to cope with. So even if they get a stimulus check and they pay the back rent for April, what's going to happen in May? Right? When companies start sending out uh, notices that they can't pay you anymore. When companies start sending out notices that you won't be able to get a check in May. That I have you covered, but I can't do anything more. Right? We're sitting on something that you and I, we need to be mindful of. That's why I'm saying don't go out if you don't have to. If you have to go to the grocery store, go when it's least populated, which is very early in the morning or late in the, later in the evening. And now grocery stores, are. have you noticed? They're closing earlier and earlier. Some grocery stores now have a plexiglass around their cashiers because you have to think about the fact that people can get infected. People are still congregating because I think it's taking a while for us to understand how much this has impacted our lives. And while I feel for people in jail, I really do have compassion for that. But I also think that the conditions jail were never good in the first place. I think that's why it serves as a deterrent to the rest of us, no matter how mad we get that you, you stay away from, you know, you stay away from that kind of stuff. Right? I think it's something funny. I was reading a story yesterday on uh, that popped up on my Facebook feed about uh, a man who, um, a young woman who, in the era of COVID, she uh, she, tra- she 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 apparently was talking her ex-boyfriend and found out that he was at his current girlfriend's house. Dry, isn't it? She showed up at the current girlfriend's house and was throwing a fit. He tells the police that that's his ex-girlfriend. The current girlfriend believes that's the ex-girlfriend. But frankly, you and I know that she's not the ex-girlfriend. He must be still fooling around with her if she feels like she's going to show up at some other woman's house, right? So the police came and the police were trying to be, you know, we don't want to do anything or anything. But they eventually had to write her a ticket. She was still cursing and carrying on. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so vested, Right? And she didn't even, she was so angry, she didn't realize that they could have locked her up, taken her to jail, and thrown her into a situation where she could be exposed to COVID. That's why I'm saying, y'all, just stay away. I know most of us are not enjoying the companionship that we used to enjoy, and it is driving some of us crazy because we're not talking, especially for people who are single and live alone. And the only interaction you have it's through Zoom or FaceTime. Must be driving you crazy. Well, you know something? You probably had had the opportunity to, to couple up with someone, but to know you like the single life, and well, here you are. Here we all are. Now it's making us rethink that, right? That maybe we need to put up with people a little bit more <laughs> and be a little bit more tolerant, <laughs> right? Because being single for 30 days is a long time. Welcome to my world. Right? <laughs> Welcome to my world. Right? So now when we look at these things, we have to really sit down and think about what is it that we want to achieve out of this? Right? What is going to be the end result of this? There are a couple of things that must change. We must control and must have good public health sanitation standards in prisons. Just because they're serving time doesn't mean that you should put the population at risk. Because look at it this way. When things go back to normal, people do go visit people in jail, right? So if everybody is infected, when you go in, 
You're going to touch the surfaces. Then you're going to come back out and bring it to the people who are at home. That doesn't seem to be fair to me. That's just not fair. That simply is not fair. I think, I think we really need to examine that. I think we really, really, really need to, to look at. When you think of two deputies at Wayne County jails who have died in the month of March in, 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 in Wayne County, you must understand that something has to be done. And I imagine that this is not just a Michigan thing. I imagine that this has happened around the country, that there are other states in which this has happened and people are really, really looking at, well, what do we do from here? My friends, it's Good Friday. Traditionally on Good Friday, we wait for 12 noon to hear the seven last words of Christ. Today, we're waiting on news bulletins from governors, and city leaders and national leaders to tell us what next to do. Times have changed irrevocably. I don't believe that we are going to emerge from this the way we came in. I believe that there are going to be other things that are under consideration, that going forward, we still need to take time to make sure and still continue the steps we're taking now to mitigate any disaster. It's now become more apparent than ever that this pandemic was something that prior previous leaders thought would happen and had put measures in place to mitigate it. It's part of leadership. It's part of what leaders do. Previous, because there's some things in the human experience that is cyclical. The last time we had a major pandemic was 100 years ago. In 2018, you should have said, well, dang, if that happened 100 years ago and is something like that likely to happen now, do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, there was World War I. We need to look at what started World War I. Are those conditions still in existence today and try to work towards mitigating it? Similarly with World War II, we need to look at part of leadership. So that's at the national level. But what about at the local level? How prepared is my county, my city? If something were to happen, what measures should I do? It makes you wonder, what do people sit down and think about when they're, when they're leading? Do they just sit and have coffee all day and then go out to lunch and go find all the people they can commiserate with? Or do they actually sit down and look at historical proofs and historical models to make sure that they prevent these things from happening? You've got to understand that the people who run jails know how many beds are in a jail and how many are occupied. They must know at some point that if even there is a flu virus, that it is likely to overturn everybody, and it's not just the inmates, even if you don't care about the inmates, if they don't matter, which on the spectrum they don't, right? So even if they don't matter, but what about the people who come in contact with them, lawyers going to jails to see their clients, paralegals going to jails, they're going to take depositions, prosecutors going to jails, Hello, somebody. Family members going to jail. Okay, so you don't care about the inmates, you don't care about their family members. But what about the, the police who goes into jails? What about them? What about the people who work in the jails? Anything that happens in the jails happens to them as well, right? So, we need, so where was the leadership? in thinking about a public health disaster that could happen in a jail. That's really what it is. Because you, isn't this what you do? Isn't disaster preparedness 
part of planning? What if there's a flood? What if a fire breaks out? That's part of disaster planning in a jail. Well, so is a virus. Very good, I would think, of practicing social distancing because people have to stand a few feet apart and so on, except when they go into showers, apparently, right? When they're sitting down to eat and so on. So what happened? How did they think this virus was not based on transmission and how people are housed in jails? Why did anybody think this was not going to happen? Even federal prisons are looking at releasing people simply because they don't want the whole place to get it, because they recognize that if the inmates get it, the wardens are going to get it. The corrections officers are going to get it. The nurses who go in are going to get it. And then it becomes a community spread. Duh. Duh. What happened in Arizona? As usual, southern states. Southern states and their hardline responses to everything, including crisis. Southern states like Florida, who disparages against people of color, that they set up an online unemployment system that requires you to have specific kinds of computer tools that doesn't work for nobody because modern computers don't even use that system. And now people have to file for unemployment and they have to create a drive through where you go pick up a damn form to fill it out. You can't even go to the website and download the form, print it off, and pick it up. You have to go there to fill it out and pick it out. Florida. Southern states, hardline, won't call for shelter in place. Did you see that article that 10 people in a nursing home in Georgia were killed? 10 people in a nursing home in Georgia died from the coronavirus. Why? Because the governor refused to have shelter in place. As a matter of fact, the governor said he didn't even know that asymptomatic people, people who do not display symptoms, he didn't know that those people could transmit the virus. And it's like, where have you been? Happy Resurrection Weekend to you too. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. How are you doing? Trusting all is well. Right? Do you see what I mean? Prayers to you on this. I know that must be. One of my viewers lost his, his mom to COVID. Sinai Grace Hospital, Dinah Grace Hospital, right? And, uh, he just lost his mom last weekend. Send your prayers to Tony. Just send him some goodwill. It's just incredible, right? So you, when you look at these kinds of conditions, you have to wonder. And, and listen, folks, it, it seems to me that leadership, there are some people who should not leave, for instance, because it didn't just happen in the jails. In, in, in Detroit, there is a hospital called Sinai Grace Hospital. The locals call it Dinai Grace. If you want to die, that's where you go. Seriously. And so under COVID, guess what? It's worse. There are approximately 30 nursing homes around the city of Detroit. So naturally, when folks get sick from nursing homes, they're taken to, uh, to St. Negri because it's the only hospital in northwest uh, Wayne County and northwest Detroit, right? Okay. So apart from going to Livonia, I think Livonia is, is probably considered northwest uh, Wayne County, right? There's a hospital in Livonia. So they take folks to Sinai Grace. People were dying at Sinai Grace in the hallways because the nurses 
were overrun. Each nurse was taking care of 20 to 30 patients at a time. They had people strung, strung up and lined up in the hallways. People were standing up, falling over, or just lying on the floor in hallways. And this, the management of Sinai Grace did nothing about it. In fact, when nurses protested and walked off the job in protest, after their shift ended, when they had coverage to make sure people were taken care of in protest, guess who got called up? The, the management said, leave the hospital, instead of addressing the fact that they themselves are responsible for what happened. They don't care. The CDC had to call out Sinai Grace because they have the highest mortality rate of COVID-19 in the country. The CDC had to call out, the CDC called the management of Sinai Grace and said there needs to be an investigation, something is wrong. Are you hearing me? People in leadership do not care about other people. This is why you can't afford to be, get caught up in a situation where you're going to be disadvantaged. That's why I tell everybody, stay on this side of the law. Because if you get on the other side, you're screwed. Because leaders, they don't care. It's not their problem. They shrug it off and go home, get into their cars, and drive home, and forget about you, and collect the paycheck, and forget about you. That's what Sinai Grace Leadership was doing. They left their own people, their own staff members, to care for COVID-19 uh, people without protective equipment and told them, get out of the job, get, leave the hospital, because they protested while people were dying in the hallways. People laid up in the hallways. This is the United States of America. I didn't just describe to you something happening on another planet or in some other country. This is happening in the United States. It is the craziest thing you have ever heard. This, so if they're doing it to folks in hospitals, what makes you think they wouldn't do it to people that are forgotten in jails and prison cells? They're the forgotten. It's Good Friday. Didn't Jesus die for everybody? So what happened to the people, I? What happened to the people? Is it fair for my family members, because they're poor, to be laid up in a hospital, a hallway, is it fair for people who have no voice to be in a prison and the virus just spread rapidly through it? The man who died on the bus, the bus the wrong way, he took the wrong way bus to Southfield instead of going to Taylor, he worked at a Ford plant. He fell off the wagon, ended up in jail for six months, was given a six-month prison sentence for drunk driving. And in, instead of him coming out in six months, he's dead. The virus is so rampant. Funeral homes don't even want it. When he, he went home and died, and when his girlfriend called, funeral homes didn't even want to come and get him. The morgue was filled. The county morgue says, we don't have anybody to go out there. I am asking each and every one of us, stay safe. Stay inside. Stay safe and stay inside. Are you hearing me, people? Don't go out if you don't have to. If you find yourself in a place where you can't pay rent, think about your options. Think about what you need to do to survive. But for the love of God, try to stay safe. 
and avoid any kind of negative interaction with law enforcement. You don't want to end up there. And you definitely, at this point in time, do not want to go to a hospital. Take care of yourselves. Do what you're supposed to do. Wash your hands frequently. You notice when I talk, I touch my face. That's because I'm a moving vehicle, right? So when I talk, the blood rises up. And when the blood rises up onto the skin, it feels like, and it's habit, right? But my surface where I am, I'm not in public. There's nobody else here except my assistant. You go out in public, do not touch your face. Be very conscious. Wear gloves. Please, I'm begging you. See what I mean? Because time, these times, these are some serious times. Now, it's the it's the 10th of, of April, not bad. I saw a quote on, on uh, Facebook yesterday that uh, February had 29 days, March had 300, and April has five years. I don't remember when April started because that was so long ago. So many things have happened since then. I feel like we have all grown up a little bit. You know what I mean? Some years have been added to us because of this, right? But I want us all to think about some of the stuff that you hear me talk about. Think about them. Try to avoid it. If you have family members who like to prove that they're the baddest, you know those? They're always the ones driving faster than everybody else. They have to drink and drive. No matter how you tell them, don't have a drink, don't get behind the wheel. Oh, I know what I'm doing. Try and talk to them and talk them out of this. Because anybody who ends up in a jail or ends up in a hospital right now, I know they're saying they're relieving people from hospitals who are cured. You better watch that. I don't know that those people are cured. They can be reinfected. They're sending people out of the hospitals because they don't want the responsibility if they die that they have to be responsible for disposing of them. So be very careful about that. Right? You have to look at it in the big, in the broad. They want the beds to care for the sickest. So they're sending people home who quite likely might deteriorate. Right? So be very, very careful, right? It's crazy. It's it's one of those things. uh, Yesterday I report that one of the titans of the stock market, for instance, he runs a hedge fund. On February 1st, he told his 450 employees in New York, in Hong Kong, and London that they needed to go stock up on food and water for a month, that they needed to have a month's supply of medicines and food and water. He said he looked at what happened in China and he felt that it would spread to the rest of the world. And he sent out a memo and told his staff. They found the memo, the New York Times found the memo and commented on it. You see where I'm coming from? There were people who knew this was coming. Maybe that's why toilet paper started to go because people probably just said, oh my God, hit every store within 30 miles. And buy as much toilet paper as you can. Because we're at home more. So we're using the bathroom more because we're at home. Right? And I want us to think about these things, especially today. You know, you, you think about resurrection and so on. If you're a Christian, if you're a Muslim, well, it doesn't matter to you. And if you're uh, a Jew, then it, it doesn't have any meaning to you except it's Passover season. But 
we're going into what is traditionally Easter. It's the most unusual Easter we've all had in living memory. And it's because of this virus. The, the governor of Michigan uh, expanded her stay-at-home order to April 30th. And people are having issues with that. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, do you want to live? Now, I don't agree with it because my grass is going higher. I want my lawn cut. And my lawn guy says he doesn't want to get a fine. So I don't agree with it because I think that is a sanitation and public health situation. If, you know, your grass is too high, it encourages mosquitoes. So I'm probably going to have to find a new lawn guy, right? <laughs> right, Tony? You probably have to find a new lawn guy. But, but, but think about it, right? So it is infecting all of us. It's highly inconvenient to, to all of us. But if we stay inside, it's going to save lives. And I want, even if you can't, you can't do anything about what's happening in prison, but pray for them. Pray that at some point the governor of the state of Arizona and other states that have yet to respond positively to inmates, that they will change. In California, they practically have entered the jails out just because of this. That doesn't all go well for the rest of us because there are some people who really need some time away from their, you know, situations to grow. But it is what it is. It's community spread. It's community spread. And we're at a point where we all need to think about it. So here's what I suggest. If you know anybody who's coming out of jail or so on, I suggest everybody go get tested. If they come and they inter- interact with their family members because they're coming to family because they have nowhere else to go, I am suggesting that everyone gets tested. Test negative today, but test positive tomorrow. You see what I'm saying? Watch your body. Make sure you're doing the right things and so on. But if you do find yourself losing smell and taste, that's when you need to really ramp it up and be careful. And avoid large gatherings. It's going to be Easter Sunday. I am making dinner. Everybody is going to have dinner. You know what we're going to do this Easter Sunday? Guess what? We're all going to cook what you have in the fridge. And we're going to sit down and have dinner. And we're going to sit and have dinner. Buy our lonesomes if we have to. You can Zoom to whomever, FaceTime other family members, and act like we're all having dinner at the same time. We want to survive, right? We want to live. We got to live this out because we have to change. So as we go forward, we must make it how we house people in jail. Yes, they are required to be jailed because they have done things that are a danger to the rest of us. But we have to look at how do we house them, how do we treat them. We have to look at who needs to stay in jail and why. For drunk driving, did you hurt anyone? No, then you probably shouldn't be in jail. Imagine how people in jail feel right now who are in serving time for marijuana possession. And marijuana possession is now deemed an essential service. Like seriously? Smoking weed that you need is essential? Because people say they need it. it. It doesn't have any benefit. Smoking weed just makes you high. It doesn't help with anything. It's a myth just makes you high, it's just a, they just legalize a drug. Think about that. And we're all going to sit down tonight. We're going to watch Hulu and Netflix 
We're going to take deep breaths. And we're, tomorrow, we're just going to be normal. You're just going to live. And come Sunday, after we have Sunday morning, we're going to have dinner. Right? And we're going to live. I just want to say thank you for joining me today. Thank you for still coming and listening to us talk about these things. Say a prayer for us. As I pray for you, you pray for me. Pray for those who can't help themselves and who are in situations where they're trapped. Women who are caught up in violent relationships who can't come out, right? People who are in prison who can't come out. Or elders who are in nursing homes who are trapped in their bodies because they can't help themselves. The nurses who are tired and emotionally and physically worked out. Pray for all of us. Pray for uh, police officers who are scared that they might get the next phone call that might change their life, right? Pray for the state, the governors of your state. Yeah, the governor of your state is needy of your prayer. And pray for the people around you, your neighbors. Just pray your neighbor doesn't get it. Because all of us are sitting, like, watching our neighbor, like, let me see if you, the ambulance comes over there. Because I just talked to you at the fence a couple of weeks ago, right? For those who live in apartment buildings, I know you are absolutely paranoid using Lysol and touching down everything. I pray that they, you know, that they can sell Lysol before the summer. That's the next time they project that they will have Lysol and disinfecting wipes available. <sighs> Right? I know. I just wanted you to laugh, to hear you laugh when I said that. Right? So today, we're going to eat something. Make some comfort food. Whatever makes you feel good, do that. And have a good day. I'm going to catch up on some episodes of Little Fires on Hulu. And I'm going to forget about everything. Right? Thank you so much, everybody, for joining me. This is Harriet Kimmick with Down to Earth. Go to my website, theexodusfoundation.com. You can find more information about me on my pages on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever there is a podcast platform, we're there. Thank you so much to everyone who makes this broadcast possible. Thank you, and a great day to everybody. Thanks, everybody. Be blessed. Hey. God is blessed.